Hey everyone, this is Adrian from People's Church. I'm a CU20 leader and we're back for another psalm. So today we're going to be looking at Psalm 5. Psalm, uh, the title of this, uh, the devotional today is called Right Attitude of Prayer. So if you guys look more deeply into the psalm, you'll see that it's actually a prayer written by David and that um, he's... Um, he's sharing about a harsh time in his life. As we know, David was oppressed and persecuted many times throughout his lifetime. And so this psalm can encourage us in times where we feel unmotivated or we feel discouraged to always have an attitude of hope when we pray. Um, so if we look at verses 1 to 3, um, so let's, let's start by actually re uh, reading the passage. Um, you'll see that uh, God actually listens to the things that we're going through. So here goes. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you. So we'll stop there and, and watch, sorry. And we'll stop there. And we can see that, um, again, uh, as I said before, God actually listens to us. And because of that, we, we should always be giving glory to Him. We should find comfort in, in God's holiness. We know that He is pure. And so when we come to Him, we, we are sharing our, our struggles with Him. We know that He is listening to us, but in a, in a very holy fashion. This should really encourage us to pray fervently and in faith. And, and why we should do this is because God really does acknowledge our case. He does care about the requests that we make to Him. He is really present. He's there with us. Due to Jesus' sacrifice, uh, now we have the Spirit of God within us. And so He's always present in our lives. He actually takes real consideration about the things that we're going through, and he listens with a, a, sense, a, a character of compassion and wisdom. God even gives us what to meditate on. He, he shows us how we can pray better. Uh, if you think about it, if you're learning a new language, um, you start reading, learning about the language, then you try to understand it by having times where you think about it, you, you try to have a reflective moment on how the grammar, how the formation of sentences are done, and then you just speak it out. Well, it's the same way God gives us the Bible so that we can learn more about how we can approach Him. Um, and there was something that, uh, as I was reading in a commentators, that really stood out for me. And I think that it's important that we really keep this to heart. So, so the, the, quote, the quote was, Kings on their thrones should be like beggars at God's throne. What this means is that as leaders, we should never act with, bo uh, with boastful attitude, thinking that because we're leaders, now we, can, we have the power and we have uh, all the knowledge to do whatever decision we can. No, actually, what this means is that for one thing, we've been given the privilege to lead others, to serve others, but since we are so imperfect, we definitely need God's leadership in our lives. And so I thought this was a, a really nice quote, um, and in a, uh, in a way, for us to really approach prayer when we when we pray for others and, and we want to lead others, um, 
to, to always remember that we have a deep need for God so that we can serve others. God really encourages a life of prayer. And so we should look to Him in the morning. I'm not saying like, okay, spend like an hour in prayer in the morning. I know some people are busy and have to go to work. But the first thing that you should do when you wake up is say, thank you, God, for, for I'm alive in this new day. And, and give me the strength so that I don't fall into the temptations of the day. If we involve God in the first moments of us opening our eyes, then I, I do believe that the way we're going to experience the day is going to be so much different than if we don't. If we look at verses 4 to 6, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. So we see here that God really is one who hates sin. And so uh, in a life of prayer, we, we end up coming closer to him to have uh, a better relationship with him. And so the more we come close to him, the more we are willing to live out his will for our lives. And because God has no evil in him, because he's pure good, then we are less prone to actually sin. And at the same time, it gives us a perspective as to how our enemies that might be in the outside looking like they're prospering um, are actually not being encouraged by God. God doesn't see their wickedness as something that is good. God will not delight in those that take pleasure in sinning. Um, sin is, is a foolishness. Why is it foolish? Because if we think about it, sin is a disobedience to God. God is mighty and powerful and beyond measure. For one to go against such a supreme and amazing leader, it must be out of foolishness. It's like, for example, um, you know, you have the law, which I know that the law in our democracy and everything is imperfect, but, but you, you have the law, let's say, of not breaking a certain limits in the, in, the, in the highway. Like, let's say you're supposed to drive maximum at 100 kilometers per hour. But you decide, you know what, I'm going to go for 200 kilometers per hour. And then you get stopped by a cop. You wouldn't be saying, well, it's the cop's fault for stopping me. I mean, some people would. But the truth is, is that we're fools for doing that, for going and pushing those laws and going against what's actually good at that, in, in the road. And so sinners are actually the greatest fools of their own making. And this is all of us. We all pursue things that cause us to be in disobedience with God, even though we know that this is not the way to live. And, and what is promised for sinners, those who are apart from God, is an endless life of misery and ruin. Maybe, again, as I said, maybe it looks like they're prosperous, but everything that they will experience is true misery being apart from God for eternity. Um, and so if we look, we, 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 we also see that those who actually bear hatred are actually opposite to a God of mercy. God shows us mercy and compassion. So when we bear hatred, then we are going against the way that He is, which is the, the way that we should be living out our lives, the way, the, the, the example we should be emulating. 
Now, if we go to verses 7 to 8, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. God's love is the reason we have a relationship with him. And so when we look at God's justice, we shouldn't be in terror of it. If anything, it should draw us nearer to him because then we see that morality is real, that there is good and there is evil and there will be uh, retribution for those who live in evil ways. And, And due to this, again, as I said before, we ought to give glory to him to have private times of worship that will um, translate when we go and publicly worship because we should also worship as a community. To revere him because we know that he is infinite and beyond our understanding. And we should be encouraged because of his infinite mercy and because of the ability to come to him through our mediator that is Christ. And and something that we should constantly be looking in prayer is for guidance. Because God truly honors this kind of prayer. Because what, what kind of parent would tell their child, Oh, you're doing wrong for asking me how you can do things well. Or, or for asking me how you can be a better person or a, a better listener. No parent would be disappointed with their child who wants to just learn to live life in a more obedient way. In verses 9 to 10, um, we see that, um, so, so if I read it for you guys, For there is no truth in their mouth, their inmost self is destruction, their throat is an open grave, they flatter with their tongue, make them bear their guilt, O God, let them fall by their own counsels, because of abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. I'm sorry. So here we have an account of the enemies. Um, so these are people that are going against God. Now, no one who is not bad would pers- persecute someone who's trying to pursue God's heart. And so these people are malicious. We see it in the passage. They will easily fall by their own counsel because what they bring is empty, like a grave. And so um, David is... Um, is uh, when it seems like he's praying for their destruction, it is not done out of hatred, but out of promise. We can find comfort in knowing that those who purposely go against God will receive retribution for their actions. And then the passage ends with, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt you, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with a favor as with a shield. And so in in this passage, we can see that there's an assurance of bliss for God's people. We can have a happy assurance that God will bless us if we follow him. That we will be fully protected. As long as we remain submitting to him, then we will always be covered by him. God is righteous, but also loving and strong. And so those who seek him can trust in the protection that he is going to bring in times of difficulty, danger, and temptation. 
So let's take a time to pray on this amazing psalm. Father, thank you so much that you are a just God. And because of this, we have hope, Lord. We know, God, that you are one who cares about our hurts, about our needs, Lord. And we can always come to you, Lord, knowing that you are going to provide for us, that you are a good and amazing shepherd who will really bring us back to what is true and what is right. Thank you, God, for being such an amazing king and for really looking out for us, Lord. We understand that we're not deserving of you, Lord, and yet here you are extending your arms to us constantly. We pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.